Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With us today uh, for today's episode is Brian Million. He is the chair of the Cincinnati Young Professional YPN Network. We're super excited uh, to have him on. Brian, thanks for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited to talk to Brian because, like I said, he's the chair of the Cincinnati uh, YPN Network, and he's won the Ohio Realtors YPN Network of the Year Award not once, but twice for two years in a row during the COVID, during these weird times that we're still, you know, going through. So really excited to hear from him and how he accomplished that and um, his advice on how to find success. But before we get started on that, I have to ask our signature question that we ask all our guests who join us on the podcast. What is the best view that you've ever seen? I gave some thought to it. I know how literal we was. I didn't know. The view that I thought of, I went swimming with sharks. Wow. And it was an amazing experience. And if you've ever been snorkeling or scuba diving or anything in the water, it's always breathtaking when you first look under the water with the goggles on. You see, and it's very clear. And, you know, when I went out to the boat, there was the sharks. They bring the boat goes into an area. Then they bring sharks into there. It's like they're trained and they know that there's going to be food. It might be 30 or 40 sharks that come up to the edge of that boat. It almost looks like a fishery. And so then they put the food in like a milk crate. Wow. And then eventually they lower that milk crate to the bottom. Then the sharks follow the milk crate to the bottom. So then it's safe for you to get in. So I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm scared a little bit. I was going through all of these emotions, but I knew I was going to get in that water. And so I wasn't going to be the first one in. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I wasn't going to be the first. I let a few people uh, storm the beach, so to speak, before I got there. But I dove in and I remember putting my goggles on and looking down and it was just breathtaking. It was almost like a huge aquarium or something you see on television. And there might have been 60, 65 sharks swimming in circles. And it was just and they were going out to the food. So they weren't paying attention to me at all. It was just amazing to see it. So it was super exciting. And through my chest, my heart was bumping through my chest. But you just kind of stay there. And the funny end to the story is that after a while, all the sharks go away. Wow. Right? And so I noticed there was one shark. And as I tell the story, this thing was a huge shark. It was imagine like an apartment building swimming below you like in a figure eight. It was this whole thing. So I decided after a while, I don't know how long I was in there. I looked up to see if there were going to be more sharks or asked the question, are there going to be more sharks? Is this over? Is the excursion over? What's up? And I looked up and I noticed that I had drifted nearly 150 yards away from the boat. Wow. Right? And so the thing that was crazy to me was that the sharks never left. This one followed me out 150 yards. Oh, my gosh. So, so, yeah, I didn't panic. I did what they said, and I just slowly but powerfully swam back to the boat. But that's my best view, just to be in nature like that. It was just amazing. Beautiful. That sounds awesome. And I love what you said about, you know, not being the first one. I wouldn't either. But I totally yeah. do it, but I'll go after you. I'll, I'll go after you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We obviously know you're the chair of Cincinnati Board YPN, but how did you get started in real estate? Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got here. 
So I'm an affiliate member, so I'm not actually a realtor. I'm an affiliate lender. Okay. I joined the board uh, just to kind of be a part of the community. I've been doing this for a long time, so 25 years. Uh, I've been in mortgage lending, but I didn't have the referral relationships. And I just thought, okay, let me get out there. I'm just, I'm not a super social person. I'm one-on-ones, I'm great. But the networking events, I was never really good at. And I thought, let me just take a leap of faith. And so I went to the first event for the YPN. It was around this time of year. It was December in 2018. It was a bowling event. And so I just struck up some really nice conversations. It just seemed great. And I thought, yeah, let me just join this committee. And excuse me. So I've done that. I did that. And then I was in the committee for about maybe four months, five months. And then the vice chair left and went to Boston, relocated to Boston. And so I was <laughs> I was sitting at the meeting and they said uh, that they were taking volunteers. And I'm a person that says, listen, if you need help, I'll help you. But I don't want to like be the first off the boat. But if you need something, I'm, I'm happy to do it because this is a part of whatever yeah. it is. And then the lady next to me said, you know, I think you would be great for this. And I thought, really? Me? Oh, <laughs> she thinks she believes in me. And so this was the kind of connection I was hoping to get. I was like, okay, yes. I said, I'll do it. I said, if somebody else wants to do it, I'll take a step back. But yeah, if you don't have anybody. And they said, okay, yes. So did they hit a gavel? And all of a sudden, you know, I've been in there for four months and now I was the vice chair. So that began uh, the ride. And I didn't realize that it was a four-year commitment when I said that. <laughs> so now you're year two, is that? No, 2018. That's how I got on the board. 2018 was when I went to first event. So I started in 2019 on that committee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, I'm ending my second, third full year. So 2019, 2020, now 2021. Yeah. And two of those, like we mentioned, award-winning years. Yes. Winning the Young Professional Network of the Year Award, which is awarded. It's an Ohio Realtors Award. It's awarded to an outstanding young professionals group who have re- who has really done an amazing job taking care of their local network. So tell us about what that meant for you to win it, not one, but now two years in a row. What that means to you as a leader of that? It was amazing. What I would encourage anyone who ever came into a leadership position, particularly on the YPN committee, is just set a goal. I just set a goal. I think the year before we won it, I think Dayton maybe won it, the Dayton committee, I believe. And I was like, well, how do we get that? What's the process? And so I set a goal to get that and then found out what it would take. And then we just started, you know, kind of chunking down the goal. Here's the big goal. This is how you kind of and they said you have to create valuable activities, well-attended events, and just kind of be engaged in that process. And so I set that as a first goal. And I, frankly, I didn't know that we were going to get it. It was just a great goal, but I just wanted to set the intention of the committee. Like, listen, this is what we're doing. This is not a, just the phone it in. Before, it was a lot of happy hour events. So I said, no, we're going to do some really value-added you know, events and just to create like an energy. And it just took a life of its own. I mean, people just wanted to help out. And I think that energy was infectious. And so then we got the first year and the, it was COVID. So they came down and presented the award, and which was a little awkward because you couldn't tell anybody. And, you know, it was that whole deal. And then when I found out we wanted again this year, I was just blown away. So I actually came up to Columbus and, and attended the awards. There was a, a committee, some event where everybody was at right. conventions. Yeah. So I was there and got up on the stage. I didn't know I was going to talk. I didn't know. It was just crazy. So yeah, it's just been a little overwhelming, but certainly a good thing and hoping to keep this energy going forward. You know, the next year I won't be on the leadership, but I want to make sure that they want to continue that energy and keep adding value. Yeah. You got a strong start. You got to keep it going now. I got a lot to uh, uh, live up to every year. So 
Tell us, I know you mentioned, you know, during COVID and some of the challenges that that brought, what was that like, you know, trying to go after this award, setting those goals and dealing with the COVID year? How were you able to navigate that? Yeah, that was a huge curveball for everybody, not just our group or Cincinnati, but the world over. So it was like, how are you going to, to do that? You want to try to con- maintain engagement. And so we had to pivot. It was a pretty significant pivot. Obviously, we planned out our year. So what we'd like to do is have an idea, a very, I won't say it's too general, but as specific as possible, but still having the flexibility of the events that we wanted to have all year. So we created a calendar at the fall of the previous year. So then obviously COVID hit and that just blew up. And so then the issue was, you know, how can we continue to add value? So my thought, even when joining the committee, was always how to add value. Try to give more value than you receive. And that was always my thing. I just wanted to be a good, valuable member of a community is what not what I was taking from it. And so it was, uh, I think, me being an affiliate uh, helped me because I realized I didn't know anything about real estate agents, personal, what their pain points were or whatever. So I was always opening to listen. As we did, we started developing different programs and just listening to what was important. But we did have to pivot. So there was a lot of events, obviously, that got canceled. Karaoke's, there was a goat yoga. Like we had some crazy stuff that was coming through, but we had to pivot to that. That type of year was uh, really challenging. There was some issues with the uh, George Floyd incident that was taking the whole country by storm. And and obviously the presidency was a little polarizing. So it had those effects. So trying to navigate in those waters was a little crazy. But, you know, we just had the Zoom events and calls and we brought people in from which was easier to get people because you could do Zoom events. You didn't have to book the deal. So in that aspect, it was a little easier to get people. But yeah, the first year was great because we had events, but then we had to pivot in the COVID. Yeah, that was the thing. It was just the goal was the goal. So what do we need to do that doesn't derail anything? We're still meeting. We're still doing that. So. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Yeah, now that you've kind of like immersed yourself into the realtor world, how do you feel about like learning everything about our industry now? Do you feel like now you've learned more than you've ever like expected? You're ready to get your license and become a realtor? <laughs> no. no, I realize that the right people are doing that job. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, one aspect of it for me, like when I grew up in this business, you know, we would just do mailers. I didn't have to wait. It was all refinance transaction because the rates were sliding and it just it was always that way. And then when you had to switch over to the purchase market, it was difficult. And my relationship with real estate agents wasn't great because it was, I kind of felt like they felt I was a necessary evil to deal. And they were kind of the boss and they were, yeah, we were there. And I didn't like that. And then I realized that you want to try to add value. But first you had to understand what you're adding value to and what the pain points were. So I learned that everybody is everybody. Everybody has the same goals. We have more in common, then we have differences. So time management and the stresses and the, if there's racism is the issue, it's affecting everybody. And so, I don't know, it made it more, I'm not as apprehensive. I'm eager to have conversations because I realize that people are just people. You know, it's all about 
just respect everybody in that space and trying to do the best that you can because when they're trusting you to do a deal, Aww. they're trusting you to to with commissions to pay their bills, that kind of deal. So it was just really trying to understand what that was. And I realized that we were very, very similar. So we had events that were, that catered to that. But no, I don't, I don't think I want to sell. (laughs) (laughs) Not getting your license anytime soon. No, no, no. I'm going to leave that to you guys. You guys are amazing. (laughs) They do. Yeah. Our, Our realtors do a great job. I love that. Like, I like what you said too, about a lot of it was happy hours. And of course, who doesn't love going to a happy hour? But like, you really wanted to put a different spin on this and dive a little bit deeper. Talk about some of the programming that you you were able to do. So maybe some of the professional development, I know that was a big focus. Tell us a little bit about some of that stuff that you put into place. First thing that we did was uh, a wake up with YPN. We did that monthly. We intended quarterly, but there was such a need for it, demand for it. We continued to do that. And so we would bring it each month. One month we had a politician that came in and was talking about the things that were on the local ballot that related to their real estate business and so forth. One month we had, uh, there was a, in the street, in the circles. And so that was a huge roundabout was coming at the very end of a busy freeway going into a really nice community. So we had the manager of the city come in to talk about the development and that, what they were doing in that area. So we were doing things like that with the Wake Up YPN, just topical issues that people were interested in. We just kind of kept our ear to the ground with that. We brought in some Harrison Beecher from the National Association Realtor Board. He came in and Jimmy... Tommy Short, yeah. He came in and we had a whole thing on systemic uh, racism and how that was relevant. It was really opening your eyes because a lot of times if you don't have the conversations, like a very real, personable, everybody's safe conversation, you didn't really know what was really going on you know, out there. And uh, there were some studies out there was just eye-opening just to think. And so systemic racism wasn't something that you're overtly being racist. It's just maybe making assumptions and then how the effects of those assumptions and behaviors were affecting the community. So it was very eye-opening and we got all types of comments and feedback. So some you were like, but then others, so you just had to try to separate yourself from the personal nature of it and just kind of have the dialogue. So that was uh, really great. We had a social media. So I have a friend Performed stand-up comedy for about 15 years. And a, a really good friend of mine is Jason Banks. Jason is on a TikTok and he has, I think, 8 million wow. followers or something. He's not the one that lives in Columbus, is it? Is it yes. that one? Okay, he he's the one that lives, yeah, he lives downtown and he does the, like, does he do the parking ticket stuff? There's someone who does a funny, maybe it's someone else. Yeah, this guy, he's on TikTok and he has kids in his video, but he plays the kids and he plays the dad. I would encourage anybody at Jason Banks Comedy. That guy is super funny. Uh, he's uh, homegrown, if you will, if you're certainly from this, uh, the Columbus area. And when he started, he was working in a warehouse. I believe he got laid off from his warehouse. COVID hit. And so he just decided to focus his attention on creating videos and basically turning his jokes into funny sketches. And it took off. And he went from, I don't know, five, ten thousand 10,000 uh, followers to September of last year, to September of 20. I think he had a million followers and everybody's like, oh, a million. That's crazy. Well, now he has almost 8 million followers. Uh, and so oh just amazing. so we brought him in and it was just more of a Q&A similar to what we're doing now and then how to get some traction on, on TikTok and, you know, how it was applicable to real estate. Heather Haas was on there. She does very very well with uh, with TikTok as well. So it was just a very interesting kind of conversation just to kind of pull the curtain back. So we would do those things. It's whatever realtors needed. We found a way to try to get that in front of them. And you really like took this as an opportunity to enhance their professional development, which I think is so cool about the work that you guys do yeah. and maybe separates yourself from other um, less of a you know social uh, group, which is I'm sure still a part of what uh, you yes. do. But this goes um, so much deeper that I think you hosted the At Home with Diversity course. Is that correct from 
NAR. Tell us what that course is and um, why it was so important that you brought it or offered it to the YPN. Honestly, I can't say that I know a great deal about it because, again, that's on the realtor side. From So I could, from a very broad perspective, the at-home diversity followed along in that same space with the George Floyd systemic race. That whole thing, it was just really about opening eyes and, and diversity not being just black and white. It's diversity. So men, women, different cultures, all of that together. And we think Harrison to have that conference. And it was certified. So it was or designation, I guess, was through it. That's the realtor stuff. I'm not super familiar with how that, you know, the consequences of that. But I know it was very, very well received. They loved it and just appreciated that and was also able to develop or broaden themselves professionally. Yeah, that's really great that you were able to offer that course because it is something that NAR has. But the fact that you were able to give that to uh, those realtors and have that for them down there for being a part of the YPN, I think is really cool. It's a great course. We were lucky. Um, All the staff here at Ohio Realtors took it uh, right towards the end of the summer. And it was an awesome, awesome course. Open your eyes. So educational. So I highly recommend any of you guys listening to check that out. It was really eye-opening and really a great way to help further your knowledge about some of the issues that you talked about with um, systemic racism and how real estate played a role in racism. It's fascinating. It was so eye-opening. I wasn't even aware of some of the stuff that the role that real estate played and some of the stuff that, you know, we had our our hands in. So very, very fascinating. The two things you just said was eye-opening and fascinating because a lot of things you just don't know. And then you never know to stop and take a look. I mean, which one, unless someone opens that and gives you an opportunity and makes it interesting. And so when you do it, I'm sure there's a lot of great takeaways and hopefully, uh, it's the beginning of conversations, not to alienate anyone. It's just to bring more people together, I think, is what it is. Absolutely. And just further your knowledge, you know, if, if nothing else. Uh, it's great, really great to be learning and, and getting better however you can. So it's one thing to plan all of this programming and put put these amazing you know, opportunities in place. But how were you able to attract that attendance? And what was your marketing like? What did you do that you found to be successful to attract um, so many realtors? It is so tough. We just had a monthly meeting today, and that is the challenging thing because there's some different changes that are going on with the board now. Uh, Before, initially, I think we were doing a lot of the emails, but then the members were just tired of just getting emails from everywhere. And so you had to be creative. Uh, So a lot of it, I, with the comedy and entertainment, kind of enjoyed creating digital artwork. So the flyers were just uh, like I would do really nice I wouldn't call them 3D flyers, but you wouldn't think it's a flyer. But the idea is that when you see it, just like, oh, my God, what is that? And then you you catch their attention that way. So a lot of the social media posts there, videos, we're dabbling into that. Just the real quick snippet videos just to create some FOMO. And then doing the social, the Facebook advertising on that. Phone calls, a lot of phone calls reaching out to people. So literally, it's just and then it's also letting the other people on the committee know that you need their help to promote it. It's not going to be something where you're just going to send out an email or throw it up on social media because that doesn't work in and of itself. It takes a lot of different things and you're not really sure which one thing works. So you have to do them all. That's the challenge going forward. So like we at the Cincinnati board, they are eliminating just blanket emails because the members said they're kind of tired of that. So now the really the big challenge is, okay, now how now do you get engaged? So it's getting you kind of thinking out of the box. But yeah, promotion and uh, marketing of those events is super, super important. But that's what we did. Yeah, no, very cool. I'm glad uh, you shared that. So maybe other networks that are listening can kind of steal and borrow some ideas to take with you. And then another thing, too, I want to um, bring up is... 
the giving back that the network does. And that is another huge part of uh, Cincinnati YPN is the work you do to give back to your community. Um, you do so many events throughout the year and realtors are amazing at giving back to the communities that they're living and working and playing in every day. Tell us a little bit about your philanthropy or charitable giving, uh, what that looks like for you guys. I think a lot of people, a lot of it will come from whomever is the head or the chair of that. So that energy kind of comes outward. So my energy is is always, I don't know that I would have called it philanthropic uh, energies, whatever. I can see that that's an appropriate term. Mine was just adding value to whoever. It started with realtors, but then obviously their needs and their wants are, are super diverse as well. So we reached out to the community. I think now uh, we're focusing more on different charitable organizations that have an affiliation with real estate. So housing opportunity may equal and those types of things. But before there was really no limit. We knew we were going to have this event. So who can benefit from it? So we had a discussion on the committee, which committees or which organizations we wanted to to help out. And um, everybody has something that's passionate to them. So we just, we brought those up and then we just had the conversation. But it's, yeah, it was super important. Our pack was obviously huge. So that's a big donation or fundraising, fundraising. So yeah, we would do that. But then there's a uh, so many other organizations that also are to benefit that, that kind of touch your heart. So yeah, there's a lot of that coming in Cincinnati and certainly as our board, I mean, our committee, uh, we wanted to touch those things as well. And it's really cool because you're able to take some of these happy hours, some of these fun social events and turn it into, you know, giving back and benefiting the community. For I think one of the examples, you guys had an in-person happy hour where you uh, had collections made for a housing-based charity, which I think is like so cool. It makes it fun. You kind of match the fun and the giving back and you kind of put it together and it's a win-win for everybody. There's an event that we weren't able to do, but I did so much work and we're going to do it at some point, but it was basically live action monopoly for real estate agents. And so there was an organization in Canada and they raised, I think, fifteen dollars or $16,000 for two different charities. And so I said, yeah, I definitely want to do that. But it was, you were literally at the place and there was teams and you're playing Monopoly and there was a belt and there was this, you know, it was a, a really fun event. So we didn't get a chance to do that, but it's definitely something that I'm going to do. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Helping out is always better. That's how you give back. I think you get enough by helping enough people get what they need. Absolutely. And I know another thing that your network encourages too is for those members to serve on boards, on boards of causes that they care about. Is that something that kind of you infuse into this association as well? Yeah. You know, I didn't have a specific, here's what you should do. It was literally that same, how can we help other people? How can we give enough value? And then whatever that took, it took on. So yes, being a part of different boards and helping out in the community was certainly stressed, but it, what, I didn't want to push it because I didn't want to feel like there was an agenda. In the end, it was literally uh, the YPN is what our goal was, was to add value to our members. And then, you know, by extension of that into the community. So it's whatever the committee wanted to take, we took a vote and okay, we're doing this. And, but whatever, we did, you know, we put our, our our hand in the ground and charged forward with it. You're right. So that was it. There was no halfway. If we said we're going to do this and when we're going through and we're running through, there's a saying, run through the tape from a track perspective. Don't run to it, run through it. So everything we did, we ran through the tape. And if we didn't, then I could be nice and funny, but then if we're not hitting <laughs> our goals, then it's a different kind of conversation. So nobody likes that side. Of I love so, that. Anyway. <laughs> we are heading into 2022 now. I believe this episode is going to be recorded uh, mid-December. So the new year is just right around the corner. What can we expect from Cincinnati in 2022? Um, you have to keep the streak of YPN of the year uh, going. Uh, what are the big plans for next year? 
we had a meeting the last couple of months, and there was actually one today that I told them I couldn't make today because we had a meeting, a monthly meeting, and then we had an executive meeting with the new incoming chair and, and vice chair about the event. So we're going to create this master calendar, and we've already discussed the events from September and October. So now we're putting it together uh, so that they have. It's really important when you set a date that you stick to it. Oftentimes, you can be flexible, but if you start moving it too much, then it can just not go away. You look up and you didn't do any events that quarter. So we want to try to keep it cemented in there. So there are a tons of it. There's a scavenger hunt we've talked about, the uh, Realtor Monopoly. We're also going to do a karaoke uh, event for that. The Wake Up White Hinge we're bringing back. We will do some happy hours. So we just did a, a Halloween a costume party happy hour. So we just we did that. And then in December, we're actually going to have a committee gathering where we're going to play. It's called Folding Folding. It's called F-O-W-L-I-N-G. And apparently, it's a football. The game is set up like bowling. But it's a football that you throw on the hit pins. I've never heard of it. Most of these things, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I've never heard of the goat yoga. I'd never heard of that, but I thought, okay, if this is what you want to do. So again, we're going to charge through it if that's what we're doing. But yeah, a lot of great events. And then hopefully COVID will be in a better space that we can have more well-attended live events as well. Lots of fun stuff coming up. And the main thing right now, my focus is that the next couple of events that we get behind the incoming chair and vice chair and let them know that it's a synergy and that because a lot of this, if you, you can plan events, but if you can't don't have people to help you, then you're not going anywhere. So true. Any last secrets of success before we wrap it up today, Brian? What would you uh, what advice would you give other uh, networks that are hoping to have this kind of success? Don't wade into it. Dive in the deep end. If you're going to make a commit, it doesn't take a lot. Literally, if you have a great board that are interacting with each other and there's engagement, that's a challenge to get engagements toward the end of the year. But if you can maintain engagement, call them. You got meetings. If people haven't shown up uh, to the past couple of meetings, give them a call. Hey, we're having a meeting. Can you show up? But if you stay engaged, then they will stay engaged. And But yeah, just dive in and run through the tape. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on two years of success and I'm sure uh, much success in the future. Thanks so much for joining me today. This was awesome. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. And great luck to your podcast. I can't wait to hear the episode. Thank you. And thank all you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. 